Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, welcome to another episode of Talking Upstream, which is our super exciting and now award-winning show yes. hosted by some nobodies. You're right. I'm Zach, <laughs> I'm Zach and this is Dylan. Uh, he's he's over there somewhere in, in that general vicinity. Yeah. Uh, and together, like I just said, we're some nobodies. And what Talking Upstream is, it is a 90-minute writer's room style show where Dylan and myself and some other nobodies and uh, a, a bevy of guests, we get together and we kind of chat about things and we go down the process of storytelling and content creating and project management, really. And the way this really works is uh, normally me and Dylan would get together and we throw some ideas at each other and then we try to figure out which one is the best one for us to work on. And then over the next hour and a half, we just spend time just figuring it out. Um, and usually we have a guest that kind of comes in and helps us decide because Dylan and I like to fight way too much and it's yeah. easier it's easier for us if we just have somebody figure it out. It's good to have um, a referee. Yeah, that's true. Um, until we get to any of that though, Dylan, how are you? Doing all right. Yeah, yeah right. we are. Uh, we're recording this after a holiday season, relatively. Mm -hmm. uh, at some point afterwards, so uh, I had a nice, lazy, uh, lazy yet productive holiday week. Yeah, good week. Yeah, what about yourself? Yeah, about the same. Just kind of sat around and thought about stuff, and right on. Uh, went outside a little bit, snowed, which is cool. It did. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're still on our way of trying to sell our stories and talk our way up to streaming service, hence the name Talking Upstream. Uh, Dylan, what is your current favorite streaming service that we are not on? Oh, let's see. PureFlix. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, keep getting, I keep getting Facebook ads for it, and they keep yeah. advertising Amish romance novel uh, movies to me. Yeah, have you? I'm not have, joking. No, I know you're not. Yeah. Uh, have you signed on for the free trial of, of Pure Flix? I have not. Uh, okay, so I have. to do a film review. Dude, I have. And, and there, there is some amazing stuff on there. It's pretty much ran by one guy. Yep. And this one guy makes and produces his own movies. He is John Wick. He is National Treasure. He is all these people. And he kind of makes it. David A.R. White. Yep. And yeah. he uh, yeah, puts on his own things. And yeah, oh, yeah, it is. And then obviously it's all like kind of god heavy but uh it's it's interesting that this one man created his own network and made all these movies and that's all we're trying to do uh yeah. so honestly if he's listening hit us up we'll make something for you <laughs> if i could say that i am <laughs> equivalent to david ar way i guess i've made it dude because he, he is more successful than us right now which is he fine is, you are right he is yeah that's true all um, <laughs> um, so obviously we're recording this a little bit earlier than when this is coming out, which is why we're talking about holiday stuff and everything else. Um, and we do have a couple of upcoming projects that hopefully, uh, should be worked in right around the time that this drops. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about any of those or should we leave those kind of vague for right now? Oh, we can talk about it cause, uh, the, the draft is done. So, uh, Zach and I, we like to do, you know, audio dramas. We like to do podcasts that are not the standard kind of pop culture discussion stuff. We don't like to do round table style things. 
So we are going to release probably closer to the end of January, maybe about when you're watching us, a Choose Your Own Adventure podcast. You're going to be able to go and listen to the first episode. It will run through the storyline, give you two choices at the end. Depending on which choice you choose, you go to listen to that episode, and you're just going to follow that chain until the story's over. And then you can repeat it as you like. I think we've got, what, nine endings and about 18 episodes? Yep. So 18 it's, uh, yeah, it's really coming. It's coming along. Yeah, it's really cool. It actually uh, started from a story that we created on this show, uh, one of our yeah. first four or five episodes. Um, so, yeah, so you can go check that out if you go to our website, somenobodies.com, or it's uh, it's actually CYOPOD, C-Y-O-P-O-D. Um, you can just check that out. Uh, like Dylan said, episode zero is out there. You can see to kind of feel how we're going to do it. Um, and by the time this episode drops, I'm pretty sure we'll have all the episodes out by now. But if not, harass us until we do it. Yes. Um, but, yeah. Like Call Dylan said, mean we, things on Twitter, <laughs> please, uh, and also follow us. Um, yes. Speaking of which, wherever you are watching this, please like, subscribe, rate, review, share this with anybody. Uh, we need more friends. We have a lot of content we're trying to do, which is why we started a Patreon page, which is why we're starting all the stuff because we want to make a lot of content. Yeah. And in this part of the show is when we have a guest come on and we try to figure out what story we're going to talk about. Uh, the guest is going to come on a little bit later. Um, so what we're going to do is going to be a little bit different, kind of like how we used to do it. Um, yeah. But uh, because Dylan doesn't really know what I'm going to ask and I don't really know what he's going to bring. New year, same old us. Yeah, new year, regular things. <laughs> change for nobody. So what we did was we decided we were going to... Well, we actually decided to flip a coin, but we couldn't find a coin. But we did have a lot of are these uh, 20 sided dice. So, what we're going to do is I'm going to pitch an idea. Dylan's going to pitch an idea. And then I'm going to choose odds. Dylan will probably choose evens. And then, whichever one the die comes up, that's the one we're going to work on. And then, when the guest does show up, then we'll get through the interview process and go over all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but firstly, thank you to International Broadcast Media Television for helping us put this on and for keeping me and Dylan in touch through crazy times and allowing us to just create stuff and uh, make me keep buying wipes to clean this board off, which is yeah. super cool. Uh, thank you to Scott Curtis from Behind the Bits. If you listen to any podcast and you like uh, interview podcasts, the, he is an award-winning podcaster. Yeah. Scott Curtis with Behind the Bits. Uh, beautiful, beautiful shout out to our friend Sarah Tkachuk. Uh, I miss her. She's over in Delaware. She's doing awesome things. <clears throat> Can't wait to come see you again. And also to listener app, um, yeah, if you like to see words instead of hearing words, go to Listener App at the greatest podcast app on Instagram. Okay, so Dylan. Yes. Normally, we kind of throw ideas at people, which is cool. Yeah. But what idea did you come up with this week? Uh, let's see. So <clears throat> there's do – you, do you ever watch that show Flash Forward a few years ago? No. Humanity jumps, so one day everybody blacks out and experiences three minutes of time where they see themselves six months in the future. Oh, okay, cool. And then they flash back to work, and then they wake up. So yeah. everybody suddenly knows, like, you know, in six months, how do I get there? I had something of an idea <clears throat> similarly, and obviously, like, we try to, you know, it's great to be inspired by existing pop culture, but we like to twist things to make it our own. What if humanity at some point experiences a shared collective dream one night? Don't know what the dream's about, but everybody wakes up, and suddenly everybody has had the exact same dream across the entire planet. It's like just one regular night? Like, they go to sleep one night, wake up the next morning, and everyone had the same exact dream? Yeah. Ooh, that's cool. Maybe okay. there's some sort of subtle supernatural happening tied to it, but for the most part, the experience is just that. Everybody on Earth had a very long, vivid, shared dream. So a shared collective dream. Hmm, that's cool. 
That's oh, that's kind of creepy. That's interesting. Um, okay, so the one that I, I came up with, and uh, obviously over the holiday times, I binge a lot of movies and just uh, anything, really. I, I take in everything. One thing that always stands out to me that I always think is very funny is uh, the National Treasure series. I like the idea of people running around, scrambling, looking for clues, like the Da Vinci Code, looking yeah. for clues that they shouldn't be able to find, but they do, and it's all just crazy. Uh, I had an idea if one time. They've had oh, it, it's like a 400-year-old mystery, and all the stuff is exactly where it needs to be. Yeah, no one's ever touched this one thing in yeah. over 700 years. So I had this idea of what if in the middle of that, a random geocacher found the clue to the next thing? Like, as... <laughs> As Nicolas Cage is about to get to the thing, some guy, a Gary, just some just Gary, yeah, thinks that he's like geocaching and finds that thing, and then the movie has to swerve into them just finding Gary instead of finding out who killed JFK. Do do people still geocache nowadays? Am I? I never, people? Do you you geocache? I've never oh, I've never actually done it. Oh yeah, no, I do it a lot. Okay, I think it's cool. Yeah, it's a fun way. To, honestly, if you just have, if you get that app and you like click your area, there's literally 200 within two miles of you. That doesn't it's, shock me in this in this area. And Boulder feels like a, a place where people would just kind of drop stuff. Yeah, it's like whenever you're walking around, you see one of those little rocks that has a cute little face painted on it. Yeah, you're like, all right, man, people are just doing stuff to keep you know? other people entertained. That's cool. Okay, but yeah, so I mean, I, I still geocache. I think it's okay. fun. So it's but a geocacher yeah. who like interrupts the sequence in like a National Treasure style movie. Yeah, yeah, it's like fun. a high, fun. like a high stakes something or other. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna call this um, let's see, uh, ge uh geocache. I don't know how to spell cache. <laughs> it's geocache, right? Yeah. Uh, geocache interrupter. <laughs> That's probably spelled wrong. Okay. As always, I spell things wrong. Who cares? Yeah. Okay, so uh, shared collective dream. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, honestly, I think it's a little bit cooler to mine, but that's fine. No. We're, we're gonna do <laughs> we're gonna do uh, geocache uh, interrupter, which it, I think will be funny. Makes, makes me think of girl interrupted geocache interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on our trusty uh, decadohedron, is that they're called? Uh, dodecahedron. Dodecahedron. Yeah. D twenty. D20. I'm a I'm a I'm a GM. It's always a D20 to me. All right, fine. So D20. Are you gonna take evens or odds? I'm gonna take evens. Okay, here we go. And it is 19, unfortunately. Ugh. All, right. All right. So we gotta do, <laughs> so we gotta do mine. Cool. All right, so we'll we'll save shared collective dream for next time. We'll file that away for later. Yeah, which I think is a very, very cool idea. Um okay. Geocache Interrupter. Yeah. That's not a very good name, but we'll get to that. Ah, it's a place um, Yeah. Now, do you think... I, I would say that it would make this a better story or better idea if it was aggressive high stakes, right? Like, okay. I, feel like in, I feel like in the Da Vinci Code, it felt more serious and more high stakes than National Treasure, which I don't really know. I think they just wanted to steal the Declaration of Independence. I'm it not... Was... I think when you boil it down, National Treasure was just cash. It's like, yeah, the founders had a treasure. We're gonna get it. Oh, sorry, it was it was the like gold, right? It was yeah. Uh, it was like, hey, here's a room of gold. Here's and how you get some the scrolls room of gold. and some cultural artifacts and that sort of thing. But yeah. Okay. All right. So, do you think that it should be that, or do you think it should be more Da Vinci Code style, where it's higher stakes, 
um, you know, like a little more serious attitude or should it be national treasure kind of, kind of goofy, kind of fast pace. And then it just swerves drastically. I, I wonder if we can't do both where it's kind of like this because national treasure of that franchise is family friendly, not only in how things are dealt with, but what the, what the thing they're chasing is. There's not really a lot of controversy. Like Da Vinci code has some pretty heavy baggage attached to it based on the like subject matter it covers. Yeah. American treasure, not even a little bit. It's like, it, it's very reverent for what it's hunting down. Okay, so then uh, I guess what we have to do here is we have to create two stories. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we have to create our new national treasure style thing and then throw the the A that turns into a B plot into yeah, it. Yeah, the, the complication, which is the geocacher. Right. So if national treasure were historical features or figures that they were trying to get gold or money and Da Vinci Code was religious figures and they were trying to get... What, what was at the end of that? Like a woman? Da Vinci Code? Uh, they were trying to... I mean... Because like the girl was the... She was the grail, right? The, the, the female yeah. was the grail. And they were just trying to get her safe? There, there was... I forget what that was about. It's been, it's been a while. <laughs> okay, so knowing that it's either historical figures slash religious things, what's another one of that style that we could kind of have people follow down? Uh cryptids like chupacabra bigfoot sasquatch sort of thing but i don't know how clues would play into that it yeah. needs to be some it needs to be something with a clear trail to it you know what i mean yeah so if uh, what what else is in history that isn't religion or politics um so Art? we've kind of covered this kind of topic what if it is a uh, what if they're trying to find db cooper's suitcase Okay, so we're just going to go into historical mysteries. We could do mysteries or conspiracy theories, but well, it's 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 got to be a linkage of things because, like yeah. you know, in, in, in National Treasure, it's like Thomas Edison's this to Ben Franklin's this to blah blah blah, and then in Da Vinci Code, it's like Da, yeah. da Vinci to to God to King James. Um, so we're going to need to make sure that there's a, a solid linkage of things, um, right? So I'm cool with that. If you can, so I guess we would have what Area 51. We would have. Um, yeah, let's, should we? We can make something up and just come up with what we want to see in there. That's how, what I'm saying. <clears throat> how long do you feel the first act? So what I'm imagining is, I, I think we should go for a tonal shift movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like a two, maybe two act even, or part, like, or halfway through. Like a two, a two parter. Um, where the second part starts at um <laughs> okay so no, what I, I see what i see i can't really get out of my mouth right now for some reason okay. um but i see like two movies kind of happening and then where like all right so say the first movie goes into three acts at the second act is where the second movie starts and then yeah. that second movie has two acts to it yeah oh so it's almost it's almost it's a four act. Sure. How do you feel about that? Let's do it. All right. So we're going to kind of mark out where our acts are going to be. I've never tried to write a four act story before. I um, haven't either. I know four act, the the example that I can think of that is most common for four act structures are old Star Trek episodes. They're four acts? Yeah. 
what what would you say is the basic four act structure? Like with the three act structure, we all know how you know, the the crescendo. Um, with the four act structure, what what is it? How does that work exactly? So generally, you have pretty similar kind of thing to the um, three act structure. Let me remind myself; it's been a while. Because if um, we were, if we were on a basic three act structure, <laughs> the second act would be the 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 work down right it's yeah the, the thing's starting to crumble yeah which makes sense um so, so no go for is, it is it like that i've seen it done as a circus time almost where it has four peak or not four peaks oh yeah this the, should be a peak. the first the first act is all rising the second and that's set up and then the second act is response, which has a little bit of a plot point dip in the middle before it goes back up into the third act. The third act is attack, where things are really looking bad, and then all of the resolution happens in the fourth act. Okay, so if we were to get this line out of here, is that accurate? Um, let me see. I think I can't really screen share anything with you right now, but um, first act. Yeah. Um, and then each, each time it dips. So the, uh, the act breaks are at the peak of the first hill. Yeah. yeah. And then the peak of the second, then the peak of the third. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, so we'll say that this first part is going to be a first movie that never sums up. Then the second half is its own movie, following Gary. Yes, Gary <laughs> is that the name? I don't know. It, it needs to be like kind of like a real boring white person name, um, like a like a Charles or a, like a Chuck. Yeah, uh, like a Connor. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right, so let's <laughs> let's like get. Connor. You like Connor? I kind of like Connor. All right, cool. So Connor's the second act. Okay. And you say that for the first act, what they're going to be going after is historical mysteries? So what do we want their end game to be? I think we, I think we find out what they're going for at the end and then reverse engineer that chase. Okay, so what's something that is uh, like a mystery um, that, that would be a reward? So I guess if you want to go down myth stuff, you have like the leprechauns, gold. Uh, you have maybe the bones of a Sasquatch or a missing link. Uh, maybe you have proof fountain, of... Fountain of Youth in Florida. Fountain of Youth in Florida? It, that's where, uh, historically, that's where people thought it was. Oh, really? Yeah, Ponce de Leon uh, mapped most of Florida in his search for the Fountain of Youth. Is that why everyone gets uh, to go to Florida when they're old? Because I assume that's why Disney built Disney World down there, so that he could find it himself. And no, then he had to freezing himself, because he couldn't find it. Disney built that there because he bought all that land for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, because it's swamp. <laughs> yeah, because it's swamp. He's a, he's a, he's a dirtbag. Um, okay, so I, I'm into the I'm into the mystical thing, the, the mystery things. I think that's really cool. So yeah. let's say that there's like a couple things, like we have um, 
uh, what, what's that circle of stone Stonehenge, right? So we have Stonehenge. We have like the Loch Ness area. Oh, yeah. uh, we, have, we have all those things that we can maybe put those little links on because he's trying to either find the missing link, uh, the Fountain of Youth, which kind of has been done a little bit. Um, Is it or... globetrotting? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So then where does the geocache... Where does where does Greg, Greg? Yeah, uh, Connor. Connor, where does Connor physically, geographically come into the story? Now, why don't we say that's in Florida? Because if the okay. Fountain of Youth is in Florida, let's say that is like a clue towards something, and they've okay. been they've been going on the whole globe, and then Connor is just geocaching in Florida, and then finds the clue to get him to the Fountain Whatever's of Youth. Next, yeah, and he's just hanging on to a thing. It's like a geocache rock. I'm thinking of what, so we, we've got two opposing forces chasing clues, Sean Bean and Nick Cage. Correct. Um, now, I think for the main guy, for the Nicolas Cage, I would like to see someone like a Patton Oswalt. Okay. Yeah, I think that. That style character going after this stuff is is very funny to me. Sure. Um, so let's just call the main character Patton. No. Yeah, works for me. I don't know. No. It seems it seems a little too historical, like as far as like General Patton goes. I mean, uh, that kind of works if it's like a globe trotting history scavenger hunt. Having a character named after a historical figure makes sense in my mind. All right. So we have uh, Patton. Patton Cage. Yes, Patton Cage. It's not a bad name, actually. Not a bad name, and he's up against. Uh, give me, give me a bad guy name. Uh, Hannibal. Come on. <laughs> I watched Pacific yeah, Rim the other night. It's, I mean, Hannibal Lecter is one of the most like obvious names ever. I know he's a historical figure too. Um, what let's like see. A, like a Derek. Derek doesn't sound. Derek sounds like someone who works at an office, which I guess doesn't uh, mean they can't be evil. But how about a uh, like a like a Randall or a, a Dirk? Dirk. Dirk. It's not his real name, but that's what he tells people it is. All right, give me like a crazy last name, probably three syllables. Dirk Romulus. Whoa. Okay. Dirk Romulus. I don't know. That's probably how you don't spell Romulus, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Patton Cage and Dirk Romulus are after. Do you want to say this is Fountain of Youth or do you want to say it's like uh, uh, the missing link or something weirder? Let's do something weirder. Do we want to just make it like an artifact of some unimaginable value? Like, it, how 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 tongue in cheek are we going with this? I'm assuming at least moderately. Well, I mean, it, it is like. The, the the stupid mysteries of the world. So I yeah. guess fairly fairly tongue in cheek. They take it seriously. Uh, we don't. Uh, it's a it's a Mayan calendar that's more accurate. Oh, perfect. All right. It's so a, they, it's uh, just a big old stone disc. All right. So they're after a correct Mayan calendar. Yeah. Or at least a way to decipher <laughs> what it is. Okay. Yeah. Now, on their way. They have. This is the moment where, this is probably the last clue, before they find something, before they find the Mayan calendar. Yeah. So maybe this is like right before they get to the Fountain of Youth. If you think about it, like uh, 
you know, uh, area wise, Florida and the mines, like that would be eh, not it's too far. <laughs> it's close enough that we can justify it existing in a movie. True. Okay. So we're going to say Fountain of Youth, which is F O Y. Um, that's going to be this big crux here. And they're trying to find the Mayan calendar from the Fountain of Youth clue. Yeah. Right? Okay, cool. Um, now, why does Patton Cage want this? Uh, does, he, does he run a museum? Does he, uh, does he have his own podcast where he goes over historical elements? One of them um, should be very, very obviously criminal. Yeah. One, one of the two people. Like Dirk Dirk Romulus is very obviously a criminal trying to sell this or something. Yeah. And maybe Oh, what's his name? Patton Cage. Pat, Patton Cage. Maybe um Patton Cage is like a really aggressive acquirer of like museum relics. He literally just wants it for a museum. And then we can get into some discussion about colonization and that sort of culture and like just you know talk about the British museums giving Egypt's artifacts back to Egypt, that sort of cool. thing. So yeah. Patton, Cage, Patton Cage is like uh, Indiana Jones if Indiana Jones was a good character. If, if he was filtered through the lens of today's sensibilities, yes. All right, cool. Did he's, you ever a tomb, he's a tomb robber. <laughs> did you ever watch Indiana Jones and realize that if he never did anything, nothing would change? So like in, yes. in the first movie, uh, if he didn't do anything... Most likely what would have happened was the Nazis would have brought the grail to Hitler and opened it there. Because of his involvement, it got put into a factory. Well, they have even like they were they were going for Ravenwood. Like the Nazis were going for Miriam Ravenwood for her medallion, right? So they would have right. eventually found it. They would have found been, it? They wouldn't have found it because they didn't know the staff was it. Oh no, they would have had both sides of the medallion then. Yep. So they yeah. had that. They also found the location. Uh and Indy yeah. just Indy just went along. And even in the third movie, like nothing happened. Even in the fourth movie, if if Indy, if you take him out of that care, if you take him out of the movie, the same events happen, but probably worse for bad people. It's such a weird concept. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Right. No, well, that fourth one is just, you know. Dude, they're making a fifth one, too. Uh, that's what they say. You think Harrison Ford can actually, you know, run? That That's one of his things. <laughs> that's it. Like, he, he runs. Mm, does he? He punches yeah. people. <laughs> that's true. He says the word kid a lot. Hey, hey, kid. Hey, kid. All right, so Patton and Dirk are uh, fighting each other because of something that happened in their past, and they're yeah. both on the same trail. Very similar to National Treasure. Well, I mean, one of them is a museum guy, and the other one is a black market artifact hunter, so I figure they're just professional rivals. Yeah, I'm cool with that. They're like the then, poachers of... And then eventually they team up to hunt down... Connor. Carter? Connor. Connor. All right, cool. So do you want to plug in some stuff for this first part just so we can uh, kind of get this first movie going? So yeah. where, how, how, does this, how does this start? How does the movie start? Um, it's it, it obviously starts with Patton Cage getting an item. I think it starts oh, cool. off it starts off with Patton and Dirk convene, not convening, but simultaneously arriving to steal the next clue. All right, what is a good setting, a good worldwide setting for the beginning of this? So I have, I've been reading just a little bit about Ponce de Leon. He was out of Spain. Um, 
So maybe either one of the ships from Christopher Columbus. Like the Pinta? One of those, or they're trying to find Ferdinand Magellan's like corpse on whatever island he died on. Okay. I, I like that one. I don't I don't really care for Christopher Columbus very much at all. No, and we don't well, we don't have to treat him with any sort of reverence because he doesn't deserve it. Well, that's true. And if you know anything about Colorado, law just passed the other day saying the uh, Columbus Day no longer exists. Yes. Which is um, great because I don't have to worry about it being my birthday anymore. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna say that uh, they arrive at, at Magellan's uh, so, unmarked grave. So Magellan was killed in the Philippines. I think the Philippines and um, when the Portuguese tried to get his body back or the, when the Spaniards tried to get his body back, the guy who the like chieftain of the tribe that killed him refused. So now there's a stone platform on that Island marking the spot where he was killed. All right, cool. So they're at the Philippines. Yeah. All right. And they're at Magellan's grave. Now, what do they find at Magellan's grave? Let's see. It's got to be a clue to something else that is in a different part of the world. Um, I, I have the idea of like maybe uh, Stonehenge. Like there's a, a, one other rock that if you like move, you like put the rock up, like a hole comes in the middle or something. Okay. Or, uh, there's put, also that you put on the, sh is there like, there's like a shrine or something in the middle of Stonehenge. Isn't there like a little table or something? I think it's a rock. <laughs> it serves the purpose. You yeah, put yeah. something, you put something on that altar and it does the whole like really deep, like chunk. Yeah. Cool. What, what could that be? Is it like a stone from Magellan's weapon? Is it something from part of his armor? Um, is it what do you think? Let's see. Cause they had the like Magellan hat, he was the one that had that cool hat that had like the metal like swoop thing, right? Wikipedia says Ferdinand Magellan, he when he befriended local leaders on one of these islands, he held the first mass in the Philippines and planted a cross on the island's highest hill. Yeah, perfect. Okay. The cross from Magellan's first mass in the Philippines. All right, so maybe Magellan's not a good dude either. No, oh no, he was. I, I have to do some research on that. Um, um, it's funny because Magellan was not actually the first person to circumnavigate the globe. That goes to the guy who he was effectively a dude that Magellan found on an island and took with him. Oh, cool. And he's the one who technically made it around the world. Oh, geez. All right, so Magellan sucks. Cool. All right, so we're going to take the cross from Magellan's grave, and then we got to take that and put that into uh, this one random hole in Stonehenge. Yeah, sure. Right? <laughs> okay. Um. Now, what are what are the arcs that they're going through? Because they have to hit almost. I, I figured these two are comedically non, not non-developed, but they are very clearly not people you're supposed to sympathize with. And the first scene is them doing this heist in the Philippines, and it completely messes everything up. And you're like, "Who am I supposed to sympathize with?" And then it cuts to Connor's first scene. And we see that he's like a disc golf, like. Oh, we're showing Connor early. I figured we'd get him in there early. Even okay. if it's not plot related, we at least have these cutaways to him being 
a geocat. We 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 build him up a little bit in that first act, and then he takes over a bit as a main character in the second. Okay. Now is uh is Connor related to Dirk or for any reason? Is it I don't think so. I think we do the fifth element style thing where they don't know who anybody is. Perfect. Okay, so let's maybe throw a couple things that Dirk and Patton are gonna go find. Yeah. So they gotta go to Stonehenge to put the cross in there. What do you think they can find at Stonehenge or where do they go next? Because the places that we could use, you have Area 51, mm -hmm. you have like the Loch Ness Monster area, wherever that is. <laughs> probably so, Loch Ness. Stonehenge and Easter Island are opposite the globe from each other, almost straight across. Cool. All right. So, what they find in Stonehenge is like a mini version of an Easter Island head or. Is it like an uh, uh, like a part of a statue, or Could be part of a statue? Um, is it like um, a like a gem that you put into a statue? Is it like a ring that you put onto uh, a statue? I like the uh, idea that it's like a chamber with a lot of the um, Maui heads. Maui? Okay, Maori. Yeah, Maori. The Rapa Nui heads. But um, in the center is like an incredibly detailed replica of Easter Island back before it got deforested. Cool. Um, so then they go to Easter Island. What do you think they find there? So I would say they probably have like one or two. So I would say total... We're going to start in the Philippines. <clears throat> I say in yeah. total, we show probably four scenes up until this this part. Three or four. So right? Where is the final? What 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 is the clue that Connor comes across? It's so if they're looking <clears throat> totally for the Fountain of Youth. Are they looking for the Fountain of Youth? Or no, they're looking for they're looking for the last waters from the fountain of youth that have been like bottled up maybe because the fountain sure. is gone i figure that gets them to the fountain of youth while then also getting them to the next step okay what what, what do you think what what did we already decide what the last step was what the like the, the final thing's going to be that they can't find i don't Not think yet. so okay so the fountain of youth is the the step before the last step okay and that's the clue that that connor finds he finds a clue at the Fountain of Youth and gets away with it or something? Yeah, just he randomly, like, he doesn't know that it is the Fountain of Youth. He doesn't yeah. know what he has. He is, uh, he gets a random day off work and he's like, I'm just going to go get geocaching today. I live in the Everglades and I just yeah. find this thing and it's cool looking. So I bring it home. And then and Dirk and Patton arrive at the same time and they're like, there you, there's a space here in the dust where something used to sit until recently. Wait, what's what is this a bang energy can? Energy <laughs> yeah. can? Yeah, that's perfect. Um, so they're there. So Dirk and Patton are at the fountain of youth spot where Connor found the clue. So do we want this ancient society that they're kind of like following the clues from? Oh, the Mayan calendar. That's what they're after. Oh, right. Yeah, we, I knew we had something. <laughs> 
That's okay. So the clue yeah. at the Fountain of Youth gets them to where the original or the mind calendar translator or whatever that thing is, that, that cool rock disc. Um, yeah. The clue for that is here. At the Fountain yeah. of Youth. Yeah. Connor gets it. So this whole thing is now D&P, Dirk and Patton, and they're chasing Connor. Okay. Cool. It's what now? it's it's a calendar that legend states was created by the Mayan god of calendars. Oh. It's Zomna. That's their that's their name. Cool. Yeah. And all right, so that's what they're looking after. That's what they're looking for totally. Yes. They go from the Philippines to Stonehenge. Yes. To Easter Island. Yes. To Florida. And then Florida is supposed to lead them to the Mayan calendar, but Connor beat them to it. Yeah. All right. So I think that the first part is at least flushed out enough that like yeah. we can figure that out. Before we get into the second part, do you want to wrap things or not wrap things up, but kind of uh, give people an idea of what's happening so far? Yeah. Uh, so hello, everybody. My name is Dylan. Zach is the man at the whiteboard, though I'm taking up the entire screen right now. That's fine. I'll take it. Uh, and this is Talking Upstream, uh, hosted by IBM TV. Now, Talking Upstream is Zach and I every week. We host a virtual writer's room where we bring two ideas to the table. We choose one of them, and we attempt to spin that into an idea that we can use later to write as a basis of a project, as something we can eventually use to earn us a spot with a streaming service. Uh, so this week, we came up with the idea of a National Treasure-style chase that gets interrupted partway through by a random, by just some random person. And mm -hmm. so far, the web of clues is um, Magellan's Cross from the Philippines leads to Stonehenge, leads to Easter Island, mm -hmm. leads to Florida. And then that's where the chain gets broken by Connor stealing the clue that they need to find an accurate or more accurate Mayan calendar. Yeah. Which, with the way that pop culture treats the Mayan calendar, we'll probably have it act as like, oh, it says something's terribly wrong is going to happen in the year 2021 because they yep. got the one and the two reversed. Yeah, because uh, you read uh, <laughs> right to left. <laughs> Not left to right. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> oh, so wait, it's the year 2102 that the bad stuff happens? Yeah, we're perfect. We got plenty of time. We got plenty of time, dude. Okay, so let, let's build a movie that starts with Connor finding this one thing on a random day. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. What do you? How do you see Connor? What, what's he up to? Let's see. If he's in Florida, I'm imagining him. If he's a geocacher, I imagine he probably likes to be out in the wilderness. So maybe he's like a, um, like an Everglades guide, maybe, or like a, like a park ranger in training. I don't okay. know if the Everglades does that, but he's someone who works outside. And so he can pull double duty as when he likes to geocache and when he's on his airboat, making sure that the gators aren't, you know, getting up to too much trouble. If gator, well, we can do some alligator stuff if this is set in Florida. Oh, yeah. And fan boat stuff. That's great. Yeah. We, we've <laughs> all seen, we've all seen Police Academy 5. That's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm commandeering this airboat. Yeah. Um, 
so I'm seeing him. We we have him appear once or twice in the first act just to establish who he is and that he's going to show up. Then I feel like he's probably off work and geocaching. Maybe he's in his boat. Maybe he's like an extreme geo where he like specifically finds hard to hard to find ones. I don't know how geocaching works. <laughs> I know that you hide stuff in the wilderness and you give people coordinates. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah, I mean some are hard. Some have easy clues. Uh, some are just, um, some are just clues, like not yeah. even coordinates. Oh, uh, yeah. So it, it can be pretty hard. Okay. Most of the time, when you do find something, it's like a little tiny list, like a piece of paper, and you just like sign it, date it, and put it back. Like, hey, I found this. I'm part okay. of you guys. Sometimes it's a little toy that you swap toys with because um, okay. somebody else has one. But yeah, there are some that are very, very hard. So he could be one that goes after the horror ones because those usually have like weird little trinkets or toys that you can collect in there. Cool. Okay. Um, and then let's see. So what does he find here that would be the clue for the Mayan calendar? I like the idea that maybe he finds like a glass jar and it has salt in it. And that salt is from the evaporated water from the fountain of youth. Cool. So he finds, is it like, a, is it an unopenable jar? Or just a jar of salt, like a vial of salt? Maybe a vial. And he opens it up and he's like, <clears throat> yeah, smells awful. But, now, what would that have done? Wh why is that the clue for the Mayan calendar? What would well, they have, what would they need to do? Maybe it's what, salt. Oh, what if there's like a pool of water and they got to put that salt into it? to like clarify the water so they can see something in there. And that's what the calendar is. I, I'm looking up to see if the Mayans had any like distinctive resource. Apparently, apparently the Mayans did exploit various salt mines and lagoons in the Yucatan Peninsula. Cool. Okay. Um, I have a feeling I'm going to get a lot of Civilization Six results if I just look up Mayan unique resources. Yeah, definitely don't type in the word Sid Meier before that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, do, do you like the idea that like something is in the water that they're trying to find and like it needs a special water to bring it to light? Is that all right? So what what I'm saying is, if he finds salt here, salt is is what is needed to get the Mayan calendar. He okay. doesn't know it. Okay. Right. Sure. Yeah. So, so what is the fountain of youth? Yeah. So what? Okay. Let's just say the patent and uh, Dirk found the salt. How would they have used that to get the calendar? That's my question. What, yeah. What if it is, um, this is, this is a little, this is grim. What if it is salt that was like precipitated from like sacrificial blood? And then they have to add it to water in order to like reawaken it or something. So it's like evaporated Jesus sweat? Kinda. Okay. But the Mayan version. Sure. And then when they put the salt, <clears throat> they mix the salt with water or they put the salt in something? They put the salt in like a, uh, maybe there's like a Mayan ruin of some, in some like, I mean, oh, I'm going to mispronounce this. Chichen Itza. Okay. I've only ever read it. I've only yeah. ever read it. So anybody who calls who says I'm mispronouncing it, uh, that's <laughs> why. 
But um, it's that big square pyramid. Oh yeah. In um, I think Mexico. Yeah, in the Yucatan. Yeah. So they have to go up top there and like mix it with water or something, and so then it a, opens up a chamber. No, I like that. So there's like a, there's like a little tiny puddle of water on top of it that can never be like cleaned up or or moved. It's always there. And when you put this salt into it, the water goes away and it opens up like a little bit of like a door or something. Yeah, or you, or maybe it's not even just like water, or maybe they ha just have to bring water to it. Okay, cool. But it has to be mixed with that particular like salt from the Fountain of Youth bottle or something. Chichen Itza. Okay, Chichen, I was close. Yeah. Chichen Itza. So we're going to end all at a Mayan pyramid. Top. Which means that somewhere in here in Connor's storyline, whatever we're going to do for Connor, uh, he has to get kidnapped and then brought to the Mayan calendar or the Mayan temple that has to happen right yeah i'd say that eventually they do get it yeah so let's go through connor's life so yeah. connor is he's living in florida he's an outdoorsman he's like a park ranger he's got a fan boat he is chris pratt but instead of raptors alligators right he's that guy yeah yeah, I <laughs> cool. think so. yeah. now um for him to have found the fountain of youth salt vial something would have had to line up properly right yeah he would need to be at a certain place at a certain time he would need to have put something in his spot to open something um what do you see him doing to find this what he thinks is a geocache how do we want to so we're we're kind of operating under the assumption that the fountain of youth existed in this universe in some capacity sure is it, it Yes. Is it a physical stone fountain or is it like a river that used to be there? It, it is a beautiful, ornate bath that no longer exists. Okay. So like it 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 did it was there. It is no longer there. All that's there is a vial of the last bit of water that is now turned to salt. So I would say it looks like a, like a uh like one of those cool uh, bathhouse <laughs> like an ornate bathhouse thing where like you go into it and it's like a stone uh structure that looks like it's very very nice it's an actual structure yeah okay so i say he's probably doing some sort of extreme geocaching where it's like uh it says it's all out in the bayou they don't have bayous in florida do they is that what they call them i know that's louisiana sure Whatever. I mean, there's Everglades are in Florida, so yeah. Um, so it's like it's out in the glades, and you don't have much else to go on, I don't think. And he is just kind of like going back and forth. Maybe he's on a weekend or something. And he's just kind of fan boating, mm -hmm. and he comes across. He's re he gets really far out there, and he finds this like what he thinks is like a tree stump and he finds out it's like a stone column base that's been broken off or something. He goes, that's weird. I don't think there were ruins in Florida, but okay. They must've hit it. Like he immediately assumes that it's there because mm -hmm. where else would you hide something like that? And then he goes in and he finds the fountain, which is a basin in the ground. Yeah. And he knows that sometimes you have to dive for your geocaching. So he's like, all right, nothing for it. He, he 
dives down and he like finds a recess. Maybe there's like a very clearly like a, a hole in the wall or something. Mm-hmm. And then that's where he finds like a glass jar with the salt in it. And he goes, so all right, someone geocaches their seasoning mixes. <laughs> and then what does he leave to mark that he's been there? What's um, his calling card that, that is easy for people to track him down by? Let, let's uh it could either be like a tiny alligator toy that has like the name of his business on it. Um it could be like a like just a tooth, like an alligator tooth. Um that could be kind of cool. Um I if we're going if we're going kind of tongue in cheek on this, I like the idea that he's leaving his business knickknacks where he's, yeah. he's, right, he's, cool. he's he's kind of a jerk because he's leaving his like business advertisements yeah. instead of like fun geocaching stuff. Yeah, I think that's cool. So it's like a it's like a little uh like a little alligator toy that yeah. has like uh his business stuff yeah. on it. Yeah, I think that's and that's I, interesting. I say we show this scene immediately before we show Dirk and Patton show up at the fountain. Yeah. With like their armed military guys and full black body. You know, they have the villain goons with like the assault rifles. Yeah. And they always they always show up at the same time. <laughs> um all right, so he he got he has this glass jar that he thinks is just a geocache. He put his own yeah. business card back into it. What what does his life look like up until he intersects with Patton and Dirk? He goes home, lives in an apartment in uh, what's a city near the Everglades? Or like Orlando? <laughs> uh, Naples? Gulf Coast Visitor Center for the Everglades, close to Naples, Florida. All right, so we Naples? live in Naples. No, Naples. Uh, we'll say Naples. Naples. Okay. He works. He gives fan boat tours of the Everglades. Um, he's probably it's probably a smaller smaller business. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's one of multiple tourist things. I'm assuming it's not doing too hot. I like the idea that he's also not terribly nice or like not not a nice guy, guy character. Like yeah, you know he he paints himself as very jocular and cocky, but he mm -hmm. really hasn't done a whole lot to earn it. Or he, yeah. or he has, but he just like won't stop telling people what he what he's up to all the time. Yeah. Uh, what he would you say is this today? What would you say is like his dream? Like, what, what would what is something that Connor really would strive for or want to become that he thinks he's on the path to? I mean, does he does he want to be like an archaeologist? Being rich, he just wants to have money. Just money. Is that I? Do we need to worry about making characters unsympathetic? I don't think so. I think that Patton is Patton is the one that we're kind of rooting for anyway. Okay. Um. So that way, like Connor can really be an anything character because you don't yeah. need. He's not either pro or antagonist. He is just. He's the B chaos force. Yeah, he's the C plot that got forced into the A plot. Okay. So I, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty interesting. So he can be a jerk. That's fine. Um. Maybe he would want to be whatever Dirk is. Like he looks up to Dirk. <laughs> oh, he wants to be an adventurer. Yeah, but... he wants to be. He wants to be a guy that like sells stuff. He's a geocacher, which is roughly the same thing as like a tomb raider. One of his first introductory scenes is him talking about like, 
you know, a lot of people say there's nothing left to explore in the world. And he's on his fan boat giving a tour. And he's like, all you have to do is go out into your backyard. You know, he's talking about, he's talking about exploring and finding the unknown and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think we, yeah. I like and, the way, and the way that he hones his own skills is by geocaching. It's yeah. by like, you know, getting the lay of the land and understanding how things work. Um, I think that's cool. So what do you think? Where in this plot line is uh, the interaction between the three of them going to be? I figure at some point they probably hunt him down in his job. Yeah, which is pretty close. So this is the middle part of... So if, if his storyline is a two-arc storyline, this is going to happen at the, the point here, right? Yeah, I think so. All right, uh, cool. Leading into that is the climax. Leading into that third hump is the that that last act is the climax and resolution. The last okay. act. Oh, okay. So then this this is where they meet. Yeah, it should be earlier on, I think. Okay, so we're gonna say P and D <laughs> meet Connor. Now, does he what does he do with this glass vial? I figure he just thinks it's a knickknack or something, so he sets it on like his kitchen counter at his apartment. Yeah, or he's got like a curio cabinet of just things that he found. Yeah. Um, okay. Now, when he meets Patton and Dirk, how does that go down? Because I'm assuming that Patton and Dirk get to the same thing at the same, roughly the same time, <laughs> and one sees the other one hold that toy alligator, and. He like you know throws like Dirk finds the alligator throws on the ground. Yeah, uh, Patton picks up. He's like, "The hell is this?" Uh, what's the name of um, Connor's company? It needs to be a really bad pun. Yeah, <clears throat> like um, ever, ever glad tour ever, ever made no ever. Uh, how about Glade, Glade made? Glade made. Glade made tours. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any yet. We'll get to that. So that's that's on the back of this uh, alligator tour that they find. Now they're obviously just going to go right to his business, and they're going to yeah. find him. I think um, they find him, or they find like his attractive female coworker he hits on, but she's not interested, and she tells them to screw off too. Yeah, I like that. She's He's not like, there. They're asking about like. Yes, this business is there. You know, do you ever go? I'm wondering how far out into the Everglades do you do you do you take your boats? And she's just like, here's a, here's an info packet. It explains everything you need to know. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And then they're I like, figure, uh, I figure Dirk paints himself as kind of like a like a gentleman explorer, but everybody sees through it immediately. Like yeah. He like sits on her desk like sideways with his. It's like. Darling, you know, y'all ever take your boats out? And she, she's just like, info packets are on the wall. Yeah, and tap, go, tap, tap. Yeah, it's like, uh, hey, would you happen to know where uh, Connor is? And she's like, uh, maybe. He's done for the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's 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 supposed to be here in like a couple hours, and then he like whipped up in a fan boat. I feel like what if what if she is the, what if she is like an actual legitimately good person? She's like, we are not uh, supposed to give out any personal information about our employees, whether they uh, are supposed to be. In, you know, it's like when you're at work and you get a phone call from some customer who's like, "Hey, is so and so there?" And you're just, you're just like, mm, 
I'm not at liberty to give out information. Yeah. If you leave me, if you leave me your information, I'll see if they can get back in contact with you. She tries to do that line with him where she's like, if you leave your information, I'm sure that we can get him to contact you in the future. And then maybe they play off her distaste for him or something. Yeah. All right, cool. And they like, they try to take her and they go, well, if you're going to come with us. And she's like, no, my shift's not done till four. Now, fine. We'll get I'm, going any, I'm not going anywhere with you. And then she like does the jacket thing because this is Florida and she has her own pistol. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going anywhere with you guys unless you rent a fan boat. And they're like, I'm not. Oh. I'm going to tell you, they, they try to like strong arm, strong arm her into coming with them. And she's just like, I'm not going anywhere with you right, because I'm at work right now. And after work, I don't go with anybody unless I want to. And she gives them kind of like a dressing down, like, yeah, listen. I can see that you have like trucks full of guys out there. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm not getting involved with it. <laughs> yeah. And then like Dirk, like, you know, does that jacket thing where he opens up the gun and then she has like an AR 15 or whatever. And she's like, I don't understand what your problem is. Either rent something or leave. Yeah. I'm going to have to ask you to make a purchase or you'll have to leave the premises. <laughs> yeah. And they end up having to purchase a fan boat just to talk to her. <laughs> uh, um, I like the idea that they kind of not salvage the relationship, but they kind of like look out look out into their parking lot or whatever they're and they go, how much is a boat rental? Yeah. And that's how they get their Yeah. Yeah. And that's cool. And then she just goes with them because now she kind of has to, but I think I like, I like her character. What's her name. I'm still stuck on the characters I've been writing for the last few days. I wanted to say Sarah, but I just use Sarah Jasmine. Cool. All right, cool. Jasmine. All right. So Jasmine works at Connor's place. And that's when they show up. Now, these guys have to run a boat to get Jasmine to help them because she's a great salesperson and she only does what she wants to do when she wants to do it. Oh, she gets told to go with them? Yeah. Oh, God. And she's like, I'm not going anywhere and you guys don't have a boat. And they go, fine, we'll rent a boat. And she's like, well, I'm not Jasmine, doing that unless you guys get insurance. Jasmine, if we rent boats out to clients, it's important for a representative of our firm to go with them to ensure proper usage because they'll need a pilot. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they, you're the one who made the sale. We can't ask someone else to do your work for you. Yeah, this is a tour company and people can't tour themselves. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's <laughs> like, fine, I, I guess I have to go. Um, so now, <laughs> okay, so now Patton and Dirk have Jasmine and they're looking for Connor. And do we do a fan boat speed chase here? Or... I think so. I think I like the idea that. Oh shoot! It doesn't quite work. No. I, I was going to say I like the idea that they wind up renting Jasmine and her boat before they find out that Connor has taken the clue, and that's how they get out there. But I also well, kind of like this sequence of events. Well, they need to know that the clue's gone to look for him. The the only other option would have been if they just happened to rent a boat from the place he works, and I'm not a huge fan of that. Like coincidence oh you know what i mean so they know that they need to go into the everglades so they go to get a fan boat and when they go to this and it place, turns out to be from his workplace and what do they see like the clue they, there somewhere they see um, like a bio salt they might see him maybe maybe they maybe this does happen maybe they see him and he's bothering jasmine and he's like hey i found this you know, you don't, I I found, you know, I like you, I know you like to hear about what I find. And she's like, I don't, I found this contain, you know, someone knew his geocache thing. You know, this thing is watertight. That's, you know, I found this jar of salt and then they come up and they're talking to her and he goes, I'm going to throw you this one. I got to go. And then he leaves and they think nothing of it. 
They rent her and her boat. They go out to the spot. They find the alligator with his business info on it. And they're like, and she goes, maybe she rolls her eyes at him or something. Yeah. She recognizes what Connor does. Yep. And then they're like, do you know who this is? And she goes, it's no one. And then they get the info out of her. Well, they're like, this has the logo of your boat on it. So you know who this is. Yeah. Um, All right, cool. So, I, I do like that series of events a little bit better. I think that yeah. would make it would make more sense that way to pop Connor into the beginning of the story yeah. because if they just come across it later on. It doesn't really make sense that we're introducing the audience to Connor because yeah. it's going to be like what what's up with this, you know? Yeah. Which is obviously just letting the audience know this guy is going to mess stuff up. So I think that if it works out that way, that's a little bit cooler. Um, okay, so now they have. Jasmine, they're in the boat. They know that the vile salt's not there. How do they find Connor? At this point, do they threaten Jasmine? Sure, but it wouldn't do anything. They're like, hey, we need to look at your employee records. And she's like, I don't have the authority to do that. It's like, you will find the authority. And then maybe that? I mean, that's not bad. I just, I don't. And then what? She just gives them his phone number or something like what what would that no, do maybe they learn from her that he works with her and then somehow they get back to the boathouse and they like have someone rifle through the employee contact info or something now is he, is it his business or does he just work there i figured he just works there all right cool but he's it's it's his hustle yeah On commission. So, i think it'd be okay if jasmine just told them Look, I don't like this guy. This Connor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, you- I like that. I don't think that she should tell them where he lives. Well, she doesn't know. Okay. She's like, yeah. <laughs> has, I- he, has he never? Uh, he always invites her back, but she's never gone with him. Yeah, yeah. He, she's like, I know he lives like on a boat, maybe, or on the beach. One of those two. Um, but I don't know him. He keeps hitting on me. I don't talk to him. And they're like, how do we find out where he is then? And she's like, I don't know. I guess you could look in the employee records in our in our office. Um, yeah, I think that's fine. And then they go back to the place. They find his stuff. They go to his house. And is he there? Sure. No, why not? <laughs> yeah. And then what 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 happens? They're like, Hey, you found this vile assault. And he's like, You're gonna you gotta pay me for it. <laughs> he tries to <laughs> he tries to like sell sell them on it. Yeah, or something like that. I figure he he acts kind of slimy towards him because he it's clear that they want what he has. Yeah, he's just like five hundred dollars done. Five thousand dollars. <laughs> Fine, done. What is this? <laughs> just a vile assault. I need no. You don't, you're not paying five thousand dollars for a vile assault. I know how negotiations work and you're not negotiating well is this a uh, test what, what does your name tag say connor okay <laughs> connor uh i can either buy it from you or i can show you what it does and i guess i have a gun i i don't know if it works that what if he's out and he comes okay. back as he sees them like either waiting outside his apartment or they've broken in. I think they should just break in. I think at this point they're not, they yeah. are one step away from it. So they've broken in while he's gone 
and he so, comes back while they are mid ransack. Sure. And now Patton and Dirk are working together, even though they don't like each other, yes. and they have wildly different methods of things. So Dirk is going to break in, and Patton's like, let's just wait for him to... He's going to come home soon. Yeah. Let's just wait. And Dirk's like, no, F this. <laughs> Kicks in the door. And, I'm done uh, waiting. Yeah, I'm done waiting. But what happens when Connor gets home? Has so he, he... He sees them inside. Yeah. But he but he wouldn't really know why they're there. And so, they don't know what they're looking for. I don't think so. Oh right. So he just set he just set the bottle of salt next to his like spice rack. So as yeah. far as I know, it's just like a square bottle of salt. They don't know what they're looking for yet. And so <laughs> they're like, we found your calling card and a thing. Just give us this thing. And he's like, What thing? And they go, just give us what you found in there. And he's like, I'll sell it to you. And they obviously be like, whatever, 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 whatever. And he's like, how much is it worth you? 5,000. And they go, yeah, sure. And they have just cash on them. Super easy. But he hands them something else that's not right, right? Yeah, he lies to them. And they're like, how do we know this works? And he's like, you got, you got. You know more than I do. Yeah. Uh, so they take him with him. They're like, all right, well, just in case. Yeah, and they leave the salt there. Or, or he has it in his pocket. Uh, what if they they leave the salt there, and while they are like taking him places, he somehow somehow gets a message to Jasmine where he goes, "There's a there's a bottle of salt in my apartment. There's a key in under the mailbox. I need you to go in there, and I need you to hide that salt." And she's like, "Why?" And he goes, "It was a gift." And she goes, "Nobody buys you gifts." Yeah, and she's like, "Also, this is the worst way to get me into your house." I'm not doing this. I swear to like, God, if you're doing like, that thing from how I met your mother, I am going to murder you. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, uh, so she, she does it right. She, she would obviously go and I do think it. So I think she, maybe she owes him something. Okay. Now what, how does this, no, come? she feels, she feels guilty because now he's caught. He goes, Hey, there are people who, Hey, some people came into my apartment. They were obviously looking for something. I think I know what it is. I need you to go and I need you to hide it. And okay. she immediately was like, ah, I know those guys. Ah, uh, yeah. I, they might have come by the boat tours earlier. Well, what do you mean? Were they asking about me? Yes. Well, how do you, did, did so and so, did so and so rat me out? She goes, it was Chuck. Like, she, she names she names someone else. <laughs> She's like Chuck quit last week. <laughs> no, she she lies to Connor and is like, yeah, Chuck let them into the oh, office. Okay. Cool. So how, how are we? <laughs> yeah, but how are we gonna wrap this up? Because we still need to get the salt into the pyramid to see what it is that's in there, right? Yeah. So how does the salt get to the pyramid? How do the good guys win this? Who's the it good do, guy? It doesn't. Patton's the good guy. Okay. So what if we don't see the end? Like... How do you mean? Well, like, so, like Connor and Jasmine's stories are wrapped up, but Patton and Dirk are like, you know, this. there's still a clue out there. And then... Or like... Or if uh, Patton's whole thing is that he just wants this stuff and he gets it for his museum, and we don't know what it actually does. He just has the trinkets now as like exhibit 
Well, if, if, if Patton, if his ultimate goal is to get stuff for his museum, right? Yeah. And if he, if he gets this thing, which he's going for, what would Patton do with it? Would he continue to search for the calendar? I mean, maybe he's just in for an exhibit. Right. So he gets it and puts it in the museum. Yeah. Is that the ending? It seems a little lackluster. It seems, it seems I, don't, I don't like it. Do we need to do we need to see what happens with the Mayan calendar? And then does Patton get that? I feel like there might need to be another thing going on. Such as there's there's a real potential to do some sort of storyline about returning these relics to like where they should be. Oh, okay. And I don't know, maybe like Maybe there's a third party searching for all of these, and they are people who are practicing, like, I don't know what you would call it, archaeological justice of some sort, where it's like, you, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you, yeah, return, yeah. you return these exhibits to be exhibited in the in the cultural like place where they were found. Okay, so how does that storyline intersect, and then how do we sum that up at the end? Is it like just a divine force comes out of nowhere? Like, you guys don't know what you have. I don't. I don't want a Deus Ex Machina this. Okay. So, I don't think so do we throw a third storyline in here where, after, either I think, Pat, either I hardly think it's a storyline. I think that very early on, Patton and Dirk make mention of like, yeah, well, Sal, no, not Salazar. We've already used Salazar in a different project. Yeah, it's uh, Javier, Cas Doc Professor Caspian from the uh, Jordan College or something is, you know, well, not even Caspian has been able to find these clues or something like that. And we see a mysterious third party figure, like on the trail after the second part, like at Stonehenge, he like notices that there's scuff marks around one of the stones, and so he's like. Here, move this one, and there's a the stairs underneath it. What if um, all right. So what if this this character is? Yeah. What if he shows up after Patton and Dirk leave every one of these places? Yeah. To get to get that last clue back to put that where it goes. Yeah. So he so he's always just trailing these two, picking up yeah. their scraps. And then he meets up with them at Chichen Itza, where he's like, "I am a member of a group that puts stuff back where it needs to be." Uh, and also I'm somehow going to convince you to do that or something like that, you know, maybe, or maybe he already knows where, what if he already got the calendar out? Like, yeah, the calendar, I, like not only is Connor ahead of Dirk and Patton, but this dude has been ahead of everybody else throughout the entire story from the very beginning. So the last thing isn't there. And he goes, all your time is wasted. You might as well give me this stuff so it can go back where it needs to go. Yeah. And maybe we like sprinkle in earlier on where he's like, you know, you guys are just wasting your time. And they go, no, no, there's really stuff at the end of this. And this guy's like, no, please, you're wasting your time or whatever like that, you know? And then at the, that's why yeah. at the end, the, it's the big mystical thing. The salt works, the water evaporates. Yeah. They're looking, they're looking for the mine counter and it's not there. And then he's like, yeah, I told you guys you're wasting so now, your time. Now we need to get them the salt. Because right now they don't have it. Jasmine has it. Does yeah. she have a scene where she has to escape their goons and fails? 
maybe they left someone to watch his apartment and when she goes to get the salt they like ambush her on the way out and there, that could that could be our airboat chase that's not bad i was thinking either that or that this mysterious uh museum policeman just shows up at the place and he and because he's like if he's following all their trails to find their stuff he goes to this place and he's like look i'm looking for these two jerks do you know anything and then she's like look all i know is that they they're looking for this salt i'm i'm just sick of any of this i want to be out of this do you want to go like that kind of route where this guy brings the salt to them just to prove that they're like wasting their time that's not bad i think we paint it where he, we don't know it's him following jasmine around like we see her enter the apartment from across the street and then it <laughs> the camera backs up into a car and there's like a silhouetted figure watching her like go up to the door and then from her point of view we hear the car door across the street like open and close she finds assault and then he it's and then we see it's him and she runs and there's a chase and at the end of the chase he's like listen here are all here's all the cards on the table this is what's happening if you give me that nothing bad's gonna happen to you I'm not interested in the people here, just the stuff. Yeah. And then she and then we cut to black or something, like we cut to the next scene without showing him what happens. And then he arrives at Chichen Itza where he's like, This is it. Yeah. After they tried I'm using here. after they tried using whatever it is that Connor gave them yeah. to, to begin with. Cool. And then he just sprinkles the salt in there, uh, magical stuff, water goes away, and there's nothing there. And then Patton and Dirk and Connor are like, What 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 and he's like yeah i took this thing years ago yeah remember 2012 that's when i got it <laughs> that's not bad yeah <laughs> and he's like i did it specifically to show you that you are all wasting your time yeah okay so and then it shows Patton and dirk and they're like getting a coffee or like a beer or something and they're like so gonna stay in the relic game and Patton's like i'm getting a little old to be like globe hopping you and he goes i'm still in and Patton is like well if you need someone to sell to and so it's not not really the continued adventures of but like yeah they they have kind of arranged their own kind of black market relic trade no i think that's cool yeah um what do you want to fill in here because i think i think the basic the, the the skeletons there of of the the structure Right, so we have uh, we have Patton and Dirk doing their thing, Grave Robin, uh, National Treasure style. Uh, then we splash it in with Connor doing some stupid uh, what Everglade parkour uh, <laughs> things. Yeah, or we yeah. see him. We see him be competent at something. Yeah, what would you say is the first arc of uh, Patton and Dirk's thing? So after they leave the Philippines with Magellan's Cross, they're going to go to Stonehenge. What's like their big arc thing? I figure it's them just kind of like, why are we doing this again? Yeah. Money. Well, yeah, but aren't, like, we, aren't we raiding historic, like cultural sites of people who lived here? And it's like, well, yeah, but how long have you been a museum curator? Like, isn't it a little late now to be questioning this? Yeah. And, <laughs> and then you think the end of the movie is them going to be like, yeah, it was wrong to do this, but it's more like let's 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 keep let's keep doing this. Yeah. 
Like so, their arc, their arc can be that they wind up not changing how they are. Failing to change your nature is as much of an arc as changing your nature. That's true. I mean, if you watch Forrest Gump, um, people don't people don't have to go through arcs. For some people, think there's amazing movies. Um, all, there's you have a lot to do, of... all you have to do is speak empty platitudes and play a lot of music. Look at how good. Look at how Wonder Woman eighty four is going. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, I do like the conversations that these two are having. Like Patton's always asking Dirk, like, "Who are you selling these to? You could just give them to me. You know that, right?" Um, now, is Connor going to hook up with Dirk and Patton at the end and be like their third <laughs> member and dip out of like the whole Everglade situation? I figure Connor is so insufferable during his entire captivity that they are not like he's like, "Oh man, you guys go around the globe and you guys like." find hidden treasure and all of these relics and artifacts like that's exactly what i do as like a geocache and they're just like yeah we'll be in contact and then yeah. at their beer it's like so what do you think of the kid can't stand him yeah me can't, neither gotta go i was just being i was just being polite yeah um what would you say is a good stinger for this now would the stinger be connor finding proof of something else do we need a stinger I just always think they're cool. Yeah. Uh, Nick Nick Cage shows up now. <laughs> Where's my salt? I'm here to steal the Declaration of Independence. Oh, you're behind the game on that one, Nick. Oh. <laughs> well, then I guess I'll I guess I'll see you. Um, all right. What do you want to plug in here? So we got Jazz and we got Connor. We got Pat um, and Dirk. I think we need a few more things in the first act. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to think of like what their story is going to be up until they get to this thing. I figure the interaction in the Philippines is really conflict heavy. Yeah. Uh, and then I figure once they get to Stonehenge, they're a little more amicable because at that point they've slowed down a little bit. And I figure at that point they're trying to do it when there's a whole bunch of tourists around. So oh, they yeah. have to play nice around each other, but they've got like 30 or 40 like very clearly armed people in all black or something. It's like, you know, their relic team or something. Um, who are the museum cops? Like what, what's, what's that person and where do oh, we yeah. throw them in? Cause I think that probably one of these arcs here for them would be the interaction of that person and being like, why are you guys still doing this? Like, I don't understand. Now, is that like, is that at the Easter Island or is that a Stonehenge? Cause I feel I like <laughs> something's gotta go here. At which point? Uh, right here. Uh, I figured that would be, that's kind of the inciting, inciting incident. I feel that's when we first see, I figure that's the wrap up of Stonehenge where they like descend into it and they see that it's like Easter Island. And then we cut to Connor and Connor is doing, maybe he's wrapping up his last tour and he's about to go on his, uh, his geocache. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, so we're gonna so we're gonna see uh, Patton and Dirk doing grave robbing stuff, and then we're gonna cut that into Connor doing geocaching stuff. Yeah, and then we're gonna go to Stonehenge where the two kind of uh, get at it and they do their thing. And I yeah. guess maybe that's when we start see the museum cop guy. Uh, what what's his thing? He's, he's a historical cu uh, curator. I figure he's actually part of a secret society. Maybe okay. Why not? Like he, he's He's the only one, and everybody's like, 
what do you mean a secret society? I've never heard of it. And he goes, yeah, we do. Yeah. We're good at what we do. It's a secret. Yeah. All right, cool. So that's, that's when they meet. That's when the secret uh, society guy shows up. Yeah. And his big thing is like, you guys got to stop doing this stuff needs to stay where it goes. Museums are stupid. Grave robbers are stupid. Yeah. And I figured a good part of it would be, um, him kind of like wordlessly following their trail. Yeah. Cool. And, you know, investigating stuff behind them. Like, you know, he walks in, he like analyzes the footprints on the floor to see like, you know, there aren't any empty shells. So there wasn't any gun fired. That sort of thing. Do you think that, all right. So say we do like this scene over here in the Philippines and that cuts to Connor doing geocaching stuff, whatever. And then that cuts to the Secret Service person. And then maybe we don't know which one of the two that Secret Service person's tracking. Is that interesting at all? Because that would give I a little like more weight. I feel like that would be clear if it's just him doing like geocaching stuff in the Everglades. I feel like it's pretty clear which one they're following. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Do you want to run us through this story one last time yeah. before we wrap things up? So, uh, we've got, I don't, we don't have a title for this yet, but it is about a, a geocacher interrupting a national treasure style clue hunt across the world. So we start in the Philippines with an action scene between the forces or the goons or the lackeys of two different treasure hunters, relic hunters, uh, tomb raiders, if you want to get real about it. Uh, Patton. What's his name? Patton Cage and Dirk Romulus. Uh, Patton is the curator for a museum or the exhibit manager. He's responsible for acquiring exhibits. And Dirk Romulus is a black market artifact dealer. They're in the Philippines to find Magellan's cross, which he used to deliver the first Catholic mass when he circumnavigated the globe. We see that the two forces are very much... Um, against each other they're very clearly operating against each other um and eventually one of them gets the cross i figured i figured dirk because he's he's probably the more action and competent one um in the meantime we cut with a fanboat tour operator in the everglades named connor he's kind of a sleaze he's kind of uh you know uh uh the hustle is real if you didn't hustle during this you it ain't in you that sort of guy Mm -hmm. Um, we see him doing work for his Everglades tour company that he works for, not that he owns, um, just kind of establishing who he is. He's very clearly knowledgeable about finding his way around. Maybe he's, maybe the people he's with think they're lost and he n navigates them back to town or something. Cool. Um, yeah. We cut to Stonehenge and, uh, Patton and Dirk effectively arrive at the same time. They have to play nice this time because there are tourists around because it's a big, Pretty tourist every area, which is funny because I imagine the cross that Magellan used is probably like four feet long. So they've got like two guys just like carrying a cross in Stonehenge, um, and they're like, "We're uh, we're pilgrims, we're pilgrims here for religious purposes." I imagine they're British or something, yeah. um, and they, one way or another, manage to get the cross to the altar at Stonehenge, which opens up a secret doorway or a passageway underneath it, and they go in. Then we cut to a third party, and we don't know who they're aligned with. And they are obviously on the trail of these two relic hunters. He's in the Philippines 
uh, analyzing what went down, probably bullet casings of some sort, because this this was an actual conflict. Then he realizes that the cross was taken, and we're like, okay, he's on their trail. We don't know who he is yet or why he's doing it. We cut to underneath Stonehenge. We learn that the next clue is at uh, Easter Island, so they take off. Um, and they're very clearly getting tired, so they're just like, I guess I'll see you at Easter Island. It's literally on the other end of the planet, and it's just like, it's never easy, is it? And it goes, nah. So we see that they, they're kind of bonding a little bit. Uh, and then we see Connor again. He's out driving. Uh, he's bothering his female uh, co-worker, Jasmine, and uh, trying to get her to go with him geocaching because he's convinced that wandering around the wilderness with a woman is the perfect first date. Uh, <laughs> he leaves. He goes geocaching, and he finds what he thinks is the area it's a, an abandoned like stone structure in the middle of the swamp. He dives down, finds a jar of what seems to be salt, and then goes back to uh, his place of employment. Um, we see Connor and Pat, not Connor, we see Patton and Dirk um, arrive in Naples because they're like, most historical evidence shows that it's in the Everglades closest, and Naples is the closest we can rent a boat there. They go into the uh, closest boat rental place they can find to the airport, which is this one. Um, and we see Connor hitting on Jasmine, showing off a jar of salt. It doesn't seem to be important at all. He leaves. Patton and Dirk bother Jasmine and uh, rent her to go out on a tour. Um, they go and find the same place that Connor did. They dive down. They find a little alligator token that he gives out to all of his people. They interrogate Jasmine about it. She's like, man, if you show up and just strong arm your way into the into the, the office, they're not going to stop you. You just got to leave me alone. So they do that. Um, Connor was out doing something. He comes back and finds that they are ransacking his apartment, and he goes in to try and stop them because he thinks it's just some drunken Florida dweller. Uh, he gets overpowered pretty quickly. We probably see a scene in here of the uh, third party investigating Stonehenge or Easter Island, one of the two. Probably Easter Island because we'll skip the Stonehenge investigation. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, they take Connor with them um, and start going down to Mexico. He manages to get a message to Jasmine about, you know, there's that salt I was showing you. It's important. You need to go get it. Um, let's see. Where am I? Oh, I wrote this out of order. My bad. Um, <laughs> then the third hunt, the third party kind of like ambushes Jasmine because he doesn't know what her allegiance is. They have a fan. They have a fan boat chase. It's pretty cool. And then eventually he's just, he explains like, "Hey, I'm trying to put things back where they belong culturally. So tell me where they went." And she's like. Uh, I probably overheard them saying something about where they went so that I can give you a clue to the next spot. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. figure it out. Um, we go to Chichen Itza, which is a Mayan pyramid down in the Yucatan Peninsula. They try the fake trinket that Connor passed off as what he actually found. Doesn't work. Seems like they're kind of stuck. When the third party shows up with assault, and whereas you think it might be a fight scene, he actually just unlocks everything, and the chamber opens up, and there's a big obvious empty round spot on the floor where the Mayan calendar used to be. And he goes, cool. We're all in the same place. You guys got to cut this out. Like cut it out. I know yeah. you work for a museum. 
there's plenty of American history you can focus on. You don't need to rob other cultures or their stuff and then teleport and then transport it 2,000 miles away. And they're all like, you know, we've been kind of thinking recently about kind of like taking a break from all this. So I guess this is a good spot to stop and recalibrate. Uh, everybody kind of goes back to where they were. I imagine Connor probably winds up getting something out of it. If or he just goes back to his old ways. Um the third hunter, uh the third party kind of returns what they've taken to where it needs to be. And then the stinger is um Patton has taken all these in the museum and he and Dirk meet up for drinks and they're like, you know, it's been a few months, but I'm kind of feeling that itch again. And Patton's like, I'm not interested, but if you need someone who knows people, I know people. And then the movie ends and there we are. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah that's right, a fun so one. If if we make Patton and Dirk a little bit older, what do you think about this being called relics? That's not bad. Right? Yeah, I like that. All right, cool. All right, so then we're going to say this is called relics for right now because those two guys are old relics. Uh, everyone's looking for relics. Geocaching is about relics. Um, <clears throat> we did it. We did it. Again, over a long, over a longer period of time than we normally do. A little bit longer period of time, but it's good to get back to our roots. It's good to get back yeah. to like how we started, and this is how it was. It was uh, me and Dylan just throwing soup ideas at each other, and then yeah. working them out until it's like, wait, this is actually kind of interesting. Yeah. But for those that were hanging out the whole time, thank you so much. We really appreciate you guys. Really, do. my name is my name is Zach. Uh, this guy over there, uh, and this little box, yeah. whatever. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the big box. Uh, his name is Dylan. Together, we are some nobodies, as you see on our whiteboard. This is our cool whiteboard. And what we did today was we created a story, some yeah. kind of project out of a very stupid idea, um, which was what would happen if somebody interrupted National Treasure. So with that, Dylan kind of put all this stuff together, which is super great. Um, Thank you so much to International Broadcast Media Television for having us on weekly, giving us a chance to just chat about whatever we think oh, is yeah. cool. Uh, once again, if you want to help us out, you can go to patreon.com backslash some nobodies. Uh, we're always looking for people to help out and become extra nobodies for us and yeah. help us create the projects we're looking for. Some people that do help us out, like I mentioned earlier, Scott Curtis from Behind the Bits. Uh, that podcast is awesome. Please check him out. Check everything out. He's got like a thousand followers on Twitter, so he, he's going places. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sarah Tkachuk, our super great friend from the east coast and also listener app which is one of the coolest apps out there if you're into reading podcasts and seeing the jokes instead of trying to understand the mumbles that i'm just throwing out into nowhere yeah, yeah. check them out on instagram at the greatest podcast app uh dylan thank you so much for being my friend and uh and co-worker you are awesome and i don't think uh, anyone else could handle this the way that you do and the way that i need so i, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate you. Everybody out there, thank you very much. Tune in next yeah. Sunday, and we have awesome guests again, and uh, we love you so much. And keep an eye out for uh, Create Your Own Pod Venture coming soon. Oh, yeah. Bye. Bye. I'm <laughs>